0: The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good
1: morning, Mike. Oh, by the way, Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year, Chris. Uh, Welcome to our very first show of 2021, a year that is guaranteed to be not 2020.
1: Well, as as, as I read a meme... Uh, it's a, it's a congratulations, 2021. You don't have to be, you don't have to be a a stellar year. You just have to be better than 2020.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's really going to take not very much. I mean, if we rule out nuclear and biological warfare, um,
1: aren't we going through that now? Wait a minute.
0: (laughs) A couple of tsunamis or, uh, a new plague. Um, we should be okay. I mean, just the fact that it's not an election year is in this part of the world is is going to improve it.
1: Well, technically, there is an election going on in Georgia, in the state of Georgia. So
0: that's only a recount. It's not a full scale seventeen month no, run to.
1: They, well, they're running against each other for the open seats because of yeah something. Anyway, yeah, they, so it's not a full blown run for the seat. I get it. Anyway, uh, we don't talk pocket politics on this show. We talk hockey. And Absolutely. Here we are, another year. We got a season about to start in ten days, week and a half from now.
0: And yes, uh, we. I will be looking for a couple of additional people to add to. The Hockey Leagues, Uh, so send me a tweet at uh, at PuckSage. Are we
1: doing Um, the Hockey League this year?
0: We are going to do the Hockey Leagues this year. Um, Uh, Drafts are likely to be next Monday, auto-drafts, Yahoo! Auto-drafts? Well, it's going to be an online draft. Auto-draft is really discouraged because it takes all the fun out of things. Um, Yes, (laughs) I, I, and genuinely and I genuinely hate auto-drafts. Um,
1: yeah, well, you never get the players you want when you auto-draft. I mean, you don't, sometimes you don't get the players you want anyway, but it's almost like a guarantee when it's auto-draft.
0: <laughs> and this year, I don't know how good the algorithms are going to be as an auto-draft because with each team only playing seven or eight opponents all year long um, or six or seven a point uh, all year long. A lot of stuff is going to be very heavily skewed. Oh, like yeah. the, the goaltenders that have the two or three best goaltenders or the divisions that have the two or three best goaltenders, you could probably see five or 6% less goals in those two divisions uh, in that division than in, than average overall. And I think the goal total between the highest division and the lowest division this year could be something really fascinating to see. Uh, Is it going to end up in the, are we going to see the most goals in the divisions that have the absolute worst teams like the West, or uh, are we going to see it in the teams that have some of the very, very best uh, players? You know, you could, you could say that maybe it's the central uh, or the current central which is a hilarious misnomer for it. Um, the, the east division you, you know you've got Crosby, you've got malkin um, but I overall as much as goalies are going to have their usual impact or more, I'm gonna say it right now. I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago and maybe last week, but the 2021 season, is 100% the year of the coach. It's good. Yeah, it's going to be
1: all about uh, the coach, the coaching staff, video preparation. It's going to be about video prep. It's going to be about managing minutes. It's going to be about you don't want to overplay anybody. And I know that there are some guys out there, you know, mainly defensemen, you know, Drew Doughty, Ryan Suter, Roman Yossi, guys who are, are used to playing 25, 24 plus minutes a night. But are you going to be able to maintain those kind of minutes when you're playing in this compressed a season?
0: Uh, essentially, the, the regular season this year effectively has a playoff pace. You're essentially playing three or four games a week. Uh, so almost every other night, uh, there's 14 to 16 games per month for everyone. Uh, that's, that's a lot. You're gonna see guys get rested and you may see it both early and late in the season. Uh, for my money, it may be- uh, if I, if I'm the LA Kings and six weeks or five weeks into the season, six weeks into the season, we're still contending for a playoff spot or second, third in the West. I'm resting Drew Doughty and uh, Anze Kopitar right then and there. They're getting two games uh, uh, in the press box or at home or wherever it is, uh, because I will absolutely need them if if we're
1: going to make the playoffs. And the same goes for. But who's to say that resting them doesn't cause you to slip and fall out of the. I mean playoffs are different with the format being four teams from each of the new divisions and whatnot. So it, yeah, it it changes up the aspect of there's no free agency. You know, you either in the top four in your division or you're not. And that, you know, there is no extra spots to play for.
0: Right. And I mean, that's effectively half of the teams, uh, for every division. Um, if you're, uh, if you're six weeks in, which is 40% of the season, um, yeah, I think it's worth resting your better players. You may not want to rest three or four of them in a given night, um, but I would definitely look at resting everyone over the next two-week period because uh, there's no holiday break in the middle of the season uh, this year that's going to give everyone three days off. Uh, like uh, like usual, we're not going to have an all star game. We're not going to have a.
1: Well, oh, there's no Olympic break. I mean, there's no Olympics, so there's yes. no Olympic break. They're not going to be having, the the, the they're not going to be giving teams a quote unquote bye week, like yeah. they have in the past few seasons, where they they kind of get a week off.
0: But I think uh, that the maintenance days in the middle of the season are probably going to pay better dividends. Than trying to rest everyone for three days,
1: yeah, uh, the last fair. week of
0: the season, and that's where games. the head
1: coach, and that's where the head coach and the coaching staff and everybody, everything comes into play because you have to decide when you're going to have those quote unquote maintenance days, when you're going to be able to rest somebody, uh, you know how often you're going to be able, how often are the Bruins going to be able to rest a uh, uh, Patrice Bergeron or or,
0: <laughs> or Brad Marchand or you know, on the on the back end, I think the two most well, the two most important players for the Boston Bruins on the blue line this year are Brandon Carlo and Matt
1: Grizzlick. Well, that's, that's it. I, I, that's it, it. To me, that's, that's all, to me, that's almost the top pairing. <laughs>
0: um, you're. We don't know what the rest what the rest of Grizzly's side of the ice is going to look like at this point, and it's safe to call it Grizzly's side of the ice because. No one else played significant minutes uh, on that side the last two seasons. They're all gone. Chara's gone. Krug's gone.
1: Yeah. Um. Who, who do you switch over to the left side?
0: I just I mean, don't Zabora, know. I
1: mean, there are guys, and I'm sure we can get into that. There are guys that are, quote-unquote, left defensemen on the team, but uh, I, I, there aren't. Option. I mean,
0: oh, there are options. It's just that most of them aren't good options.
1: Well, your 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 favorite player there, John Moore, is left is a left defenseman.
0: As I said, there are options. <laughs> There's just not good options.
1: And that those are the only two left defensemen listed: Grizzlick and Moore. The rest of them are all still listed as non-roster defensemen. Erho Vakaninen's a left-side defenseman. Zaboral actually, you can't list him as non-roster anymore. He got a one-way contract, if I remember um, correctly.
0: Well, it probably, uh, as far as cap-friendly, they don't kick those in until the start of the season. Okay, because um, he's
1: listed as a left defenseman. So if they bring him up, there's your three left sides. Well, Zaboral and Grislyk.
0: Eek. Uh, so you're going to have uh, Grizzlick playing 27 and Zaboral <laughs> playing 25 and hoping that John Moore doesn't screw up in the minutes left over.
1: I was thinking more like Grizzlick playing <laughs> 42 and Zaboral and Moore <laughs> playing nine minutes apiece. That's that's
0: really, really, really insulting to Zaborl.
1: Um, Jakob Zaboral, who hasn't been able to crack 13th <laughs> overall pick and hasn't been able to crack the lineup. Yes, I'm but insulting comparing him, him to John Moore
0: uh, in that way, it really is insulting.
1: Oh, okay, so we don't want to split the minutes evenly between the two of them. So we'll give 42 to Grizzlick, we'll give 12 to Zaboral, and, I don't know, 6 to John Moore. <sighs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it, but seriously, yeah, they they've got some... They've got some figuring out to do, and like I said, we will get into it, I'm sure, at some point during the show, because it's going to bring in my feelings about the GM, and I'm sure your feelings about the GM.
0: Um, Why don't – before we start ranting uh, about those guys – Oh,
1: can I say this real quick, since I'm looking at Cap and Of course you can. They even got a little bit of a counter at the top of, of the homepage. Yes. At the start of the 2021 season. Love it. But I was looking at the, the, the gang of 10, and did, I don't know. I did, Tampa Bay still astounds me. They've still got three they're roster still- spots to fill, and they're almost at $100 million. Yeah, they're still $16 million or so over the cap. $97 yes. million dollars in, in cap hit. Yes, we know that um, – I'm sorry, I just wanted, I just... Because the next team is the Capitals, and they're at 85. <laughs> it's,
0: like, the amount that they, the amount of cap trouble that they're in is
1: insane. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if Eisenman didn't see this coming. <laughs> uh, you know what, <laughs> I... makes him even that much smarter when <laughs> getting the hell out of there. <laughs> you know,
0: he... He, he's. He's the guy who authorized a bunch of these
1: contracts uh, right most then, of
0: their roster
1: and then when he realized he, he, they wanted to play to win they, he play, he did what he could to get that squad to play to win. and oh by the way, I think that part of that Stanley Cup win in this in the summer has to be attributed to the work that Eisenman did. Yeah, some of the moves are all Patrice uh, are, are all Patrice uh, uh, bringing in Goudreau and and Coleman and whatnot, but I think a lot of those players that are on that squad, the starters, all have to be attributed to Iserman. So I think Iserman still gets a piece of that, even though he's not with the team anymore. Uh, but there, I I wonder if he saw that this was coming down the coming down the highway and and he's like, okay, time to leave. Let let Julian let let Brisebois handle it, Julian Brisbois. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that ninety-seven million dollars to me is ridiculous. I mean, a hundred million dollars in in hockey. I I know that they were expecting it to go up, but I don't think the expectation was that it was going to go up that high, even a non uh, pause year.
0: Yeah, even even had the uh, whole. Pandemic not happened, they would still be in cap trouble this year. Yeah. A lot of cap trouble. Uh, something that happened just after we, uh, or very quickly after we uh, wrapped last week's show, um, we were talking about the Ottawa Senators uh, being the only team that you know you could pretty much write out of the playoffs uh, in the Canadian division this year. And then they go and acquire Braden Coburn and Cedric Paquette. How much does that change things
1: for you? Coburn and a lot, Paquette? a little, not sure. <sighs> not sure. I mean, Cedric Paquette's been a, a grinder for Tampa Bay. Yep. But I mean, Coburn, I, I don't think it, I don't think it moves the needle drastically. It helps. I mean, you're bringing in a couple of guys who appear to give a lot every night. I mean, they're not they're not guys who are taking shifts off, but that and of said, course, this also, goes.
0: That was just a day after bringing in Derek Stepan, and we talked about that particular trade.
1: Um, I mean, I don't know that it moves the needle all that much. It, they still have Ottawa. Still, I think is going to rely more on their youth. Oh yeah, I, I, I can't Brady, see these guys overshadowing Brady, Kachuk, Colin, Colin White, and uh, Thomas Shabbat, you know. Their youth is going to be the their, the their backbone. the best player
0: on that roster.
1: Their youth is going to be their backbone. I mean, bringing in Paquette or Paquette or however you pronounce his last name, uh, Coburn is is Col- is Braden the defenseman? I can never remember. Aren't there two Coburns? Or am I thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking of the Shens maybe. I get.
0: Yeah, that. Uh, you may be thinking of the Shens.
1: Yeah. But Braden Coburn, yes, defenseman. I mean, 35 years old. He he they, he brings up the average age of the team. I yes, guess he does. Some, I think he gives them another left side defenseman, and, and they'll probably even Wait, if he plays. There played, are
0: left side defensemen who are available in the league.
1: Yeah, don't, was Tampa Bay really going to trade Braden Coburn to the Bruins, though? Probably no. <laughs> but yes, that being said— But did said, anyone
0: call and inquire?
1: Uh, that would be the job of a certain someone that shall remain nameless until I <laughs> or we have a chance to discuss him. <laughs> But Braden Coburn, I think he get. I think he shows them up because their left side defensemen are Shabbat and Mike Riley, and a younger young kid named Christian Walland. And I don't know how much minutes he's played, but he's still on an entry level. Uh, so I think that bringing in Coburn gives them a little bit of flexibility, not just on the left side, but it gives them that you know that seventh defenseman that can doesn't and have to play every night of the week.
0: Hmm. And It brings a ring into the room. Well, actually, between him and Paquette, uh, you brought in two Stanley Cup winners uh, into the locker room. That's not something that that exists anywhere else on the roster. Well, Matt Murray won one, but Matt Murray can't stay healthy, so...
1: I mean, age-wise, Cedric Paquette fits into the, the aesthetic of the team, I mean, being 27. and
0: Actually, nine, even he's above the age of most of their talent, but not by much.
1: No, but they brought in Austin Watson from uh, Nashville for physicality, which I actually like that move. I think that letting them get a little physical, especially since they lost, like, Borowicki. Yeah. Uh, I think that it gives them a little bit of oomph. You know, I realize they have Alex Galchenyuk, and he's the guy you bring in when you want to get tough. But
0: Hey, um, and he probably <laughs> is the toughest guy in the league?
1: Someday I'll actually let that go. I just can't because it's too damn funny. We traded for Alex Galchenyuk because we had to get tougher. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. You set that one up. You Wide open, you left that one. Uh, but they've got Stutzler who's having himself a, a, a good time over in the world juniors. I don't know what his actual stats are over there, and, but they're I mean, pretty uh, good. Yeah, I would assume so,
0: especially but, considering he's played uh, Stutzler especially considering he's played on a team that uh, just didn't, that had zero, zero luck um, international hockey this year, eight games, 13 points,
1: uh, oh, okay, six yeah. and seven. So let's say he's a pretty good player. Uh, yeah.
0: Or, no, wait a minute. The World Junior, uh, it must have played something else international, but five, five, and ten.
1: In the World yeah. Juniors? In the World Juniors. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about that either. So.
0: And remember that that team, uh, they played their first like two games with a total of 14 players because of uh, health restrictions. Yes. 14 players in an international tournament where everyone else has 25 guys on the bench. Uh, y'all do the math on that one. And uh,
1: I I think what I want to take away from this move, I mean, it's more a depth move than anything else, bringing in Paquette and, and Coburn And I'm not expecting that either one of them is going to be like, I don't think Paquette's going to be. He could play second line, but he's he's not top tier. Braden Coburn's not going to be your top pairing defenseman. Uh, they're both depth moves. I think what this tells me more than anything is that the Senators are still willing to make moves. And the one thing we're complaining about sitting here in Massachusetts is that the GM of our team is not making moves. No. Uh,
0: and I, I don't think that – anyone should overlook the other part of this trade. Um, The uh, Ottawa Senators picked up a second-round pick from the Tampa Bay Lightning in this one. Um, We know that Ottawa still views themselves as a team that's rebuilding, restocking. Um, Mm -hmm. That gives them back a second-round pick this year. Or gives them back a second uh, second round pick this year, uh, and it's actually the Sharks' pick.
1: I want to know how they convinced the Lightning to take Marion Gabrick and Anders Nilsson.
0: Because they won't count against the cap.
1: Anders Nilsson should.
0: Uh, well, Anders Nilsson is still on injured reserve uh, oh, okay. at I at the moment. I didn't realize and he was Marion still on Gabryk, our... He's uh,
1: not coming back. So.
0: No. Uh, Plus, those guys will drop off after this season. Um, So there's there's impact, but there's not real impact.
1: Wait, wait, wait. So Ottawa now has how many picks coming?
0: (laughs) Well, they don't have uh, fourth and what is it? Fourth and fifth round picks this year. Yeah, fourth and fifth round picks, but they still have three picks in the first 62. And since the Sharks pick could well be higher than theirs. Uh,
1: yeah, that's a possibility with the way this this team is is being constructed. And uh, 2022, they now got an extra pick. So now they got three picks in the first two rounds again. Yeah, I think somebody sat Pierre Dorian down and said, this is how you play as GM. <laughs> you know. We've, we've talked about
0: Eugene Melnick having uh, needing to have his Twitter account taken away uh, think, a couple
1: of I, times. I think they've duct taped him to a chair and stuck him in the closet, though.
0: <laughs> it may well have happened. I, I It does feel like someone said, look, Mr. Melnick, if you want us to make money, uh, there's a very old truism in hockey that apparently actually works sometimes owner's own, managers manage, coaches coach, and players play, and you can't go managing through the media. Uh, Because, yeah, his comments about players, about whatever, were just more of a distraction than anyone needed. And usually wrong.
1: I mean, but to be, I mean, the way they're acquiring depth and still hanging on and and still acquiring picks.
0: And they haven't given up anyone off their roster.
1: Right. Get, the only one they really was Duclair and he was a free agent signing down in Florida. They didn't, which, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't understand that. I think Dorian might've slipped there, but other than that, I mean, you're picking, he's getting picks. He's getting depth players who have playoff experience. If he I ain't given up anybody off the roster, they're still young and, and hungry. I mean, Dorian,
0: given the number of young players who are going to, whose contracts expire this year, um, who are key to the team. Um, you've got Kachuk, Brown, um, Batherson, uh, all expiring this year. Um, you've got uh, on the back end. You've got uh, the other brown, uh, Joshua, um, and you've got Mike Riley, and then Christian Woolian, um, all expiring at the end of the season. Maybe Dorian decided to go with the certainty of those guys, who mostly have been more consistent than uh, than declare. Because that would be, I mean, one, two, if you're counting all of the players 27 and under who are due contracts at the end of the year, you're talking uh Kachuk, uh, Logan Brown, Drake Bratherson, uh, that's four at forward, forward um, and then for it defense.
1: Um, Some of them, they're not going to have to worry. I mean, they're still sitting on kids like Eric Branstrom, who they acquired from Vegas, the the the. That was a big move for them to get Brandstrom when they traded Stone to Vegas, because Brandstrom is expected to be a really good defenseman in the NHL. He's still sitting in the minors, waiting for an opportunity. And when one of these three UFAs drops off, whether it's Coburn or, or, or Mike Riley, you, you've got Brandstrom ready to step in. He's not just because he's got all these UFAs doesn't mean he has to resign them all. Well,
0: it's not just the UFAs; it's the RFAs as well. And he, right now he's taking advantage of other people's cap misfortune. Yes. Um, I think he's trying. If the defense of him is that he's trying to prevent ending up in the same situation. I mean, we criticized uh, Chia Pete for signing everyone every time, uh, every year, uh, for years, and not making the best choices. Now, is do I think that? Uh, do I think that some players were let go foolishly, both by Chia Pete and Dorian? Probably. But mm-hmm. the math says you can't keep everyone forever.
1: You know where Ottawa sits currently on the uh, chart of of, of of Cap struggling Oh, they're teams? like...
0: Fifth or sixth from the bottom, or something like, or second from um, the bottom. Yeah.
1: They're second from the bottom. The only team, the only team spending less money so far is the Kings. That's it.
0: And the Kings are, yeah, the Kings are. Oh, well, the Kings are above the cap floor, obviously, but not by as much as
1: you'd think. But Ottawa, Ottawa at seventy and a, seventy point five million, already has all twenty-three roster spots filled.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> and just under 11 million in cap space. Um, but look at how much that cap commitment is going
1: to go up next year. Oh, it it certainly is. And like but like I said, they don't have to sign all of them. They're going to spend some serious money on 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 Brady Kachuk. They're going to spend some serious money on uh uh I don't know how much Logan Logan Brown is going to is Logan Brown uh, I I just I don't think that I don't think they're in as much danger as well. Uh, Logan the RFA's. Brown, Batherson, Batherson's going to cost them some money. Brady Tkachuk's going to cost them some money. Logan Brown, if they want to hang on to him, I don't know what his stats look like though. Uh,
0: they're solid in the A. Um, they're he's played. Yeah, he doesn't look 29. like he's getting many minutes in the uh, in the N. Yeah,
1: 29, 29 games in his NHL career. And he's got nine points, one goal and eight assists. So, and even looking at, at his AHL stats, uh, 20, 28 and 25 with Belleville. Season before that, 42 and 56. Maybe he's on pay. I, so, you, you're going to throw a couple three million at him or something? I don't think they're in as much danger because they do have a lot of... Uh, They do have a lot sitting in their minors. I don't know what their minor league system looks like. I mean, there are some names that I recognize. It's pretty solid.
0: We've talked about them off and on for a year and a half. Uh, Yeah, and how I'm more curious about what is going to happen with their goaltending because, one, I don't know that Matt Murray is going to ever discover the fountain of health. (laughs) Um, And uh, you've got, let's see, you mentioned Eric Branston.
1: They uh, sent Nelson out. So Hogberg is Hogberg got some minutes uh, behind Anderson when Anderson yep. was out.
0: Joshua Norris, Israel. I think, is one of those players that we can expect to see in the NHL for a while once he finally hits. Um, he was a first-round pick in 17. Um, he had uh, 61 points in 56 games in the AHL last year. Uh, Ridley Grieg, um another first-round pick, 28th uh, overall in 2020.
1: Um, he even if they let him sit and even if they let him sit and marinate, that kid sounds like he's going to be pretty good, from what I've uh, seen of him. Ridley Gregg, yeah, yeah, and, they've uh, some, they, yeah, they've got a they've got some pieces there that Vitalia and Brama Abram- 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 yeah, I I, I like the, I like the the look of their I like the look of their future, and if Dorian can keep the money under control and allow them to hang on to some of the key expensive players and and slowly move up the 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 youth that they need to to keep the team young and and financially. Uh, Safe. It's it. It looks it. it all looks positive. And like I said, bringing in Paquette and and Coburn is is a really good move from a standpoint of playoff experience, depth at both depth at forward and at defense. I I don't think he's done a whole. I don't think Dorian's done a whole lot wrong, except for in my opinion letting DeClaire go. That's. That's where I'm at with the uh, – because I think Stutzla is going to play in the NHL. I, I I don't know how much time he's going to spend down in the A, but maybe when he first comes back from – maybe when he first comes back from the World Juniors just to get his legs under him as far as uh, North American hockey goes, but – beyond that I, I don't see I don't see much in the way of mistakes here and again not having a fourth and fifth rounder but you got three picks in the first 62 this coming draft then you got three picks in the first two rounds in next year's draft in 2022 and so they've got themselves future options as well as as a solid team this season I think they make it into that top four. And I know we're going to talk about that later on, like next week before the season starts. But I think I think at this point I have to give them that option or or that opportunity. I think they get into that top four. Uh,
0: As up as the prospects are looking for the senators, uh, they're not so very distant uh, neighbors uh, in Chicago. Not having the best offseason. Uh, Kirby Doc, uh, who had been captain and playing over in uh, and been playing in Edmonton for the World Juniors, uh, effectively going to miss the season. Um, five month recovery on his wrist injury before he can resume uh, hockey related activities.
1: I did not see the injury, so I can't speak to.
0: It was what a weird happened? play. It didn't look hugely dramatic. He just it looks like his arm got caught between his body and someone else's and uh, it it's what gave But my, uh, they showed what I'm they saying. No 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 I've seen a couple of clips of the okay. injury where before he went off the ice. Um, because as soon as it happened, he shook his hand a couple of times, went off the ice, and that was it. But it doesn't look like a play where – I mean, it's not like someone took a two-handed whack at his wrist or
1: something like that. That's what I was going to like say. Is it? Yeah, I didn't see whether it was a, 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 a penalty or whether it was just a, a hockey move or did he turn his wrist over the wrong way? Did he fall on it? I didn't see it, so I have no idea how he even injured it. That's what I was going to say.
0: No, it, it just one of those weird plays where – stuff happens um, and stuff
1: happens yeah stuff does happen in hockey unfortunately coming to, you know you have players coming together you got knees on knees uh it, it, going on what he showed us last year during the regular season in the nh i mean clearly this kid's going to be I don't, i'm not going to say superstar but he's going to be One of the young guns and one of the one of the one of the bright spots for Chicago in the near future years to come. Yeah.
0: Is he going to be a perennial all star? I don't know. I think anyone who tells you that they do. I
1: mean, he's a big big boy. He's got he's he's for his size. He's fast. He's uh, I mean, as fast as a six, five, two hundred and something pound forward can be, I guess. He says he's gone back and watched the injury. It was a kind of a fluke thing. I really thought my stick broke because of the sound it made when then I looked down at my hand and it didn't feel the best. And it definitely didn't look right. So obviously I headed off there and got the doctors involved pretty quickly and they were able to stabilize it. Uh, He was forced to accept that he wouldn't be able to play on the tournament's big stage any longer. Or serve as Canada's captain. And it does suck. I mean, you watch these kids. I mean, even one of the Canada games I was watching, New New Hook got hurt. And he came back out and he kept trying to play. And he'd go back and then he'd go to the locker room. And and apparently he came out and tried to keep going like twice. Hockey players are are a a strange breed. (laughs) They don't want to be not playing.
0: I don't. Think the game would be anywhere near as entertaining um, if hockey players were more like, oh, I don't know, baseball players? <laughs> I have a hangnail.
1: Well, uh, I mean, a blister does keep a pitcher from pitching, depending on where the blister is, so I guess. A blister. Hockey player gets a blister and it's like an afterthought. What blister?
0: <laughs> broken bones are an afterthought for a lot of hockey players. Well, they were
1: for uh, Greg gamble.
0: Chuck Cobus, who broke his leg in a game and played the rest of the game. It was a non load bearing, uh, bone. And he said he knew it was broken right away, <laughs> which is
1: still insane. Uh, mm-hmm. I I still think, like I said, I still think Gregory Campbell is insane. I, I realize he's out there on the penalty kill, and if he had come off, it, it, you couldn't you, you you couldn't get mad at him for getting off the ice as quickly as he could based on the injury, but he chose to stay out there and help kill the penalty until they got a whistle. And he made? Didn't he make like two, three more blocks? Yeah, he, he actually ended up making another block somewhere along the way, and but he was basically trying to skate back and forth between the two point men on his side of the ice, trying to. I think he deflected one pass, blocked a shot,
0: without the ability, of <laughs> course, to you know stand up.
1: Oh, and by the way, it didn't have a stick. Oh, <laughs> details, details. Yeah, who needs one of those?
0: Who needs needs a stick or, you know, a functional leg? (laughs)
1: So, yes, hockey players are are, uh, – I'm not quite sure where to put them on the scale of of normal to completely and utterly insane. But, you know, probably leaning towards the latter (laughs) having played the game. Uh, we do wish Kirby a, a speedy recovery, but that's not their only injury. They've also no, lost uh, Jonathan Tays. And again, it's one of those uh, no timetable is for his return. It's a medical condition, but I haven't heard, and I don't know. I haven't heard if he, uh, if they've actually said what it is, or, or. But all I had heard was that it was it was another medical issue, and and that. There was no timetable for his return.
0: And that's all I've heard as well, and I find that possibly more disturbing. Well,
1: uh, that's It's not knowing when he's going to come back. I mean, he's not—he's not an old old man by average, you know, by regular the uh, guidelines. But as far as hockey, I mean, he's been around since he was 18 years old. In, 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 with Chicago. So in hockey years, yeah, he's getting up there a bit. Uh, still, what's he? 31, 32?
0: No, he's, uh, he's closer to mid thirties at this point.
1: Is he, he wasn't no three draft. Is he as old as Bergeron?
0: I don't think he's, he's not quite as old as Bergeron, but, um, uh, he's at least 32. Jonathan Tays is an 88 so yeah he's uh, 32 years old. he'll be 33 before the season ends.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, again, wishing him a speedy recovery, you know the, the health comes first, but he's he will surely be missed. I mean Chicago can't be too thrilled with what's going on right now.
0: They also no. don't
1: have they also don't have Alex Nylander. Uh, who was out with knee surgery? Had knee surgery done. Uh, I don't know if Seabrook is back or if he's still on the mend. And
0: Nylander had a pretty had a pretty solid season for them last year. Uh, cracked their top ten in scoring. Um, yeah, a- ahead of Kirby Dock, And in, in fact, uh, ten goals, sixteen assists. Um. So that's uh, th- that's a couple of pretty significant. Uh, pieces of their uh, on-ice uh, product.
1: I mean, Alexander Nylander, he was one of the youth from uh, Ottawa and and didn't really. I'm sorry, Buffalo. Why did I say Ottawa? Buffalo. didn't really play much in Buffalo. What, seven, uh, 12, 15, 19 games with Buffalo, had himself three goals and four assists. He goes to Chicago, plays 65 games, has 26 points. I mean, a nice upward trend from his previous three seasons where he really didn't play much. I mean, he spent most of his career in the AHL with Rochester. So, <sighs> Don't want to see a pause put on anybody's season, especially when he finally got the ship st- the ship going the right direction.
0: Oh, absolutely not. Now, one of the uh, one of the more interesting things that uh, has occurred, or I continue, or expect to continue to occur between now and the opening of the season is is the trades. Uh, so, I've been paying a little bit more attention to trade rumors than I normally do. Uh, we normally don't quite uh, sit or spend airtime on on trade rumors, uh, but an interesting one passed uh, across uh, my newsfeed um, over at the hockey writers. Uh, they're quoting Jimmy Murphy uh, as saying that the Boston Bruins had interest in some guy named Pierre-Luc Dubois.
1: Yeah, okay, Um, that was... Okay, stop.
0: (laughs) Now, first of all, any team that doesn't have interest in Pierre-Luc Dubois in their front office, you need to uh, first fire everyone, then fumigate, and then burn it with fire, um, and start over with new staff. um, Because there's just no excuse for that sort of crazy. Uh, But Pierre-Luc Dubois... In my opinion, was the breakout star of the playoffs last year. Uh, he was awesome to watch for the whole time that the jackets played. It, it, he was just that much fun, and as much as anyone who can spell their own name and many people who can't uh, would love to see him in Boston. He did just sign a very team-friendly five million a year, (laughs) uh, two-year contract (laughs) with the Columbus Blue Jackets, who had themselves a pretty solid playoff run, anyways.
1: Five million a year for Pierre Luc Dubois. Mm, If that isn't team-friendly, I don't know what is.
0: (laughs) I mean, he was a point per game plus three in their uh, ten-game playoff run. What more can you ask from this guy? Uh, he managed to play also. He managed to play seventy games last year, uh, and at what is he six three two eighteen? He's he's a beast, um, and he's still young. He's a two, he's a twenty sixteen
1: draft pick. Twenty sixteen. Um, now, my, so, que- my question is. And in this article uh, from uh, Jim Parsons over at the Hockey Writers, yep. he, he mentions how Pierre-Luc Dubois is disgruntled. And if you're disgruntled, do you turn around and sign a team-friendly two-year $5 million per contract? That uh,
0: you sound do if you want d- to, to be playing in dis- the
1: dis- NHL. Yeah, but that doesn't sound disgruntled to me. I mean,
0: RFA, he didn't even have a negotiation right or like oh, negotiation. Okay rights, or arbitration rights, rather.
1: Okay. I mean, that's... That would make me disgruntled, because I know I'm worth more than that if if I'm Pierre Lou Dubois.
0: When you go out and beat up on teams like he did in the playoffs with a... physicality
1: he was showing. I didn't see that in the regular season.
0: It was gorgeous hockey. Um, This is a guy who would have been, who probably would have been pretty comfortable back on the old Broad Street Bullies or Big Bad Bruins. Oh, absolutely. Through the body didn't necessarily. I mean, six
1: five himself, he's a big boy. He's
0: and he was so much fun to watch. He dominated play very nearly every shift. He was the third overall pick in 2016, behind Austin Matthews. Okay, we can accept that. Patrick Line Mister, not is it consistent as the world would like. Yeah, um, really but then behind him you have Jesse Pogliarvi, um Oli U, uh, Ulevi,
1: okay. Matt
0: Kachuk, Clayton Keller, Alexander Nylander, Mikhail Sergachev, and Tyson Jost. That's a pretty nice top ten to be in, and. Today, you can make arguments as to whether he, if you were redrafting that year, whether you would do it exactly the same. The answer is probably not, because I don't think a couple of those guys have actually cracked the NHL yet. But even, even if you were to redraft or decide to redraft right now, do you think he falls out of the top ten?
1: No. No. <laughs> no <laughs> I don't think there's any other answer to that question but no if you have if you have a, if, you have a te- if you're even leaning toward yes stop
0: <laughs> I mean his first two seasons his first two full seasons in the league were not spectacular they were solid he's still a bunch ton of fun to watch um there are players who have had, would put up more points.
1: I just um, don't recall the, I just don't recall seeing the, the amount of physicality that he showed in the the playoffs, pre, pretend offs, whatever you want to call them, over the summer. The amount of physicality he showed in those games, I don't remember seeing in his first two seasons with Columbus. I mean, no, he wasn't using his size to his advantage because not only is he six three, but he's six three and like two eighteen or two twenty something. He's yep. He's not like 6'3", 175. I mean, this is a guy who should be using his physical aspects to his advantage. And he wasn't until this playoffs. He was going into corners. He was getting rough in front of the net. It was a completely undiscovered side of Pierre-Luc Dubois, at least to my eyes, his time in the NHL. That's what I was completely taken by. It was just the way he performed with the, with the physical aspects. I mean, he's always had the offensive aspects, uh, although not showing them
0: to me, the measure of a, of the difference between a star and a superstar, uh, a player and a performer is what do their, what do their regular season points percentage look like compared to their playoff points percentage? He had a solid regular season. He was you know, somewhere in the 0. .6, point, 6 uh, points per game range. He hit mm-hmm. a point per game average in the playoffs. So yeah. to go up against playoff competition and to do it so convincingly, like there was never I watched all of Columbus's games to the best of my memory. I don't think he ever had a fluke point on one of those, on any of his goals or assists. It's not like a puck bounced off his butt and went in as he was being tripped in front of the net or anything like that. He's charging hard, making smart passes, feet moving every single shift. It was gorgeous to watch. Um, So rumors of him landing
1: in Boston yeah, if you really thought Columbus was going to – first of all, Columbus letting him go to a – I don't know, to, to, to a, a team like the Bruins, a rival, an Eastern Conference team, I just – the price tag would have been huge.
0: So yeah. even if they trade him now, which is unlikely, very unlikely, because they did sign him, or wait for the trade deadline – What in the world is going to be the asking price, particularly if he's having a good season? You know, we're (laughs) 35 games into the season and he's at 48 points. I'll
1: tell you this much. I don't think the Bruins have the capital to bring him in one way or the other.
0: I, I don't either, because if realistic, well, whether they have the capital or not, you have to ask yourself, is Don Sweeney going to give up said capital in order to get him?
1: I don't know what Sweeney is or isn't capable of because he hasn't shown me that he's willing to do much of anything.
0: And I mean, for this year, Columbus is outside of the Bruins division. Columbus is in that magical central division that includes everything from Tampa. And, uh, it goes from essentially the Miami metro area to Dallas, to Chicago, back around to Carolina Uh, With detours through Columbus, uh, Detroit, and Nashville, that is (laughs) 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 that that division just makes my brain hurt. Yes, it really makes my brain hurt. But as far as Bruins assets, do you want to play? Do you want to play Don Sweeney or do you want to play? General manager for the uh, Columbus
1: Yarmou, Blue Jackets. Yarmo Kikalainen?
0: Yarmo Kikalainen. Which one do you want to be?
1: Um I want to be Yarmo Kikalainen.
0: Okay, I will be Don Don, or at least a <laughs> a functional general manager. I'm not sure I can manage Don Don today. But let's see. Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> as of right now are where are they as far as cap space? They are not part of the Gang of Ten. I remember that.
1: No, they aren't.
0: Okay, they're fairly low. They've got...
1: they got 4.2 million.
0: 77 uh, and change on the cap. Yeah. So, Yarmo, I no. need to do some stuff and make my team a little bit better. Um... Rumor has it that your guy there, uh, the one the one who had a pretty reasonable playoff run, mm-hmm. isn't all that happy there.
1: But I just got him to sign a contract.
0: Sure you did, but we all know how having a disgruntled player in the locker room can really, really impact uh, the rest of the team and bring their performance down, particularly in a season like this where with all the compression – stress is just going to be magnified. Mhm. So, I'm not going to waste your time by lowballing you or anything like that. We're going to start with the 2022 first round pick because otherwise you're going to hang up the phone on me.
1: <laughs> You'll notice there's already silence there, Mr. Sweeney.
0: Mhm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one first round pick okay
0: and i said we're going to start there because so i know now that you know
1: so you're standing on the diving board at this point okay i you want to make even... sure
0: i want to make sure that you understand that i value your time as well as the player
1: <laughs> all right blowing smoke is not going to help you here
0: <laughs> uh as much as i would love to keep him For this player, I am willing to give up Jack Um,
1: And Jack is done in the NHL.
0: Jack Studnika is a second-round pick, uh, 2017. Should be NHL-ready. He's at half a point per game in the NHL.
1: Yes, okay, and... By the way, yeah, in two games to have one assist
0: does make him a half
1: point per game player, yes. However, in the playoffs, he actually played in five games and he didn't do a thing.
0: Well, that's a problem with our coach. We'll be correcting that soon.
1: (laughs) Would you actually say that to another GM? (laughs) Me? (laughs) You might. You might. I even might consider it because I wouldn't be able to stop myself. But I can't see one GM. That would be hilarious if they actually did that. I don't know. Maybe they do. But, yeah, five five points in, in five games, no points. So we've got a first-round pick. We've got Jack Stanika. Now, the expectation on that first-round pick is that it's probably going to be somewhere in the uh, high 20s because you're – you uh, you and this is me not blowing smoke in your direction, but you've been consistently in the playoffs year after year. So it's going to be in the twenties. So it's not like I'm getting a first round pick in the top five or top 10 that I'm going to have somebody who is potentially going to crack the lineup. And you're looking to take away a 20, uh, what is he? 22 years old, uh, a 22-year-old Pierre-Luc Dubois, now. but you're looking to take away my top, uh, my top center, who also can play on the wing.
0: Uh, I he, thought he played more wing, but
1: yeah, he's big, physical. I, I'm gonna need more than just a second-round pick, uh, a player of a second-round pick who hasn't shown me what he's actually capable of at the NHL stage. Oh, I, I
0: completely, a, a I completely
1: agree with that. Um,
0: looking at uh, looking at your non-roster defensemen, um, I notice uh, you're a little bit thin there on guys who actually have professional experience. Um, Victor Berglund is having a breakout season in the Swedish Hockey League this year. Um, Sixteen points in twenty-six games. Uh, he's a right defenseman, six feet. Uh, six feet tall, twenty-one years old. We'll put him in the deal. Um, and I would love to keep him. My boss wants me to keep him, but I think to make the deal happen, uh, that I probably need to put and don't tell anyone that I, you know, brought his name up uh, without uh, without you pulling my nails out we really need to add uh, John Beecher to this deal.
1: John Beecher. So you've given me nothing to put onto the NHL ice. Uh, you've offered me a defenseman who hasn't played in the NHL. You've offered me if a you want, forward.
0: If you want NHL talent, um,
1: I want Mr. Brandon Carlo.
0: I wouldn't have a job by the time the,
1: we hung up the phone if I traded Brandon Carlo. <laughs> and I'm supposed to have a job if I trade away Pierre-Luc Dubois. But here you are trying to convince me, and I'm giving you the opportunity. But you've so, got to give me something I can take back to the team. Okay. Um, how and about- if it's not going to be a forward that is going to at least take some of the offensive uh, – decline that we're gonna have losing Pierre Luc Dubois because uh, I don't I, think Studnica is gonna do that.
0: Uh I not Studnica this year. I don't think he will.
1: And but, John Beecher is still at Michigan.
0: But we'll take we'll take uh Beecher off the table and how about instead of Beecher, both Andre Cachet and Anders Bjork. <laughs> That's less salary cap than what you're spending right now. Uh huh. Fills two roster spots. Anders Bjork has turned into a really solid, very smart uh, penalty killer, which your coach is going to love. He's committed to playing the game. I think his offense. I think his offense is one season away from breaking out. He could be this year, but
1: I, have you I, had the privilege of sitting face to face with? with John Tortorella when he starts in on a tirade? John Tortorella is very much like
0: most of the residents of this state. He gives his opinion very clearly. It's not personal until you make it personal.
1: Unfortunately, in this case, however, he's the head coach of the team and has the privilege of sitting in my office when he does it. The people in the state of Massachusetts are sitting in their own homes and yelling at their TV screens.
0: Yelling at their TV screens, yes, but you only have <laughs> one of him to deal with. The state is a couple of million people, and many, many of them are hockey fans who I run into when I go to the grocery store.
1: <laughs> Do you really think that Sweeney runs into people in the grocery store?
0: He's played in this town since he was <laughs> a child. Uh,
1: well he, yeah, yes. he did play at Harvard. I, I'll give you that.
0: I, I mean, did... I run into I run into Cam Neely in in the hardware store.
1: Oh, and you and I did run into, um, uh, Andy Brickley in front of, uh,
0: well in Somerville. Yeah.
1: In Somerville. Yeah. So in front, I forget, what was that? Was that not your average Joe's?
0: Something like that. Uh, over by, it's over in the new or in the, uh, refresh development,
1: uh, across from the, 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 what do they call it? The factory there, the
0: Schaefer assembly building. square. Correct. Assembly yeah. row. Yeah.
1: Assembly row. Uh, well, it was assembly square mall back in the day. So I use, uh, it would be a trouble tough was, to make it. it the, I guess that's what I'm trying uh, what we're trying to point out here is I don't know that there's pieces that are going to make the deal. You're going to have to give up something that, neither could Sweeney's not going to be able to give up. I mean, yes, he's getting back Pierre Lou Dubois, but you're not going to get him for nothing. This isn't going to be the Ottawa you Senators can't make deal for
0: one trade for a guy like that.
1: Unless you know, I'm not thinking one for one, but I don't think that the pieces add up to getting Dubois either. I mean, and maybe so I just don't you're have a flip side. That,
0: So just me and you first round pick. Yeah. Kashe and Bjork, um and then uh Berglund, uh as four pieces i i don't know i think that that at least is a really good start to a conversation you might have to give up one more thing but i don't know that it's going to be a big thing
1: okay i just i don't i don't know you what you gave up to get kasha in the first place, you gave up a first round pick. And yes, David Backus. And the idea was getting Backus's contract off the books. Ding, ding, but ding. You, are, you already gave up a first round pick for Kasha. Now you're trading him plus another first round pick. Plus other people. I mean,
0: oh, look. So I, now But going the other way, I think very, very highly appear Luke Dubois.
1: That's I do. I do, too. I mean, and that's he is a 22 pretty soft statement.
0: But. At 158 games in 234 uh, 34 games, <clears throat> that's not <clears throat> that's not a world-beating uh, points percentage.
1: No. Yes, his playoff
0: I... yes his playoff performance was was pretty spectacular. 19,
1: point, um, 19 points in 26 playoff games is a hell of a lot better points per game percentage than I don't know, say other forwards who played for Columbus before they played for the Rangers and the Bruins. Um, Oh, that one. (laughs) Yeah, that one. I mean, 19 points in 26 playoff games and and he's consistently gotten better. I mean, okay, yes. Six playoff games, four points, five playoff games, 10 points, 10 playoff games, 10 points. I mean, this guy isn't going away. He's not on a downward trend by any stretch.
0: We certainly hope not, no.
1: And, oh, by the way, his first two seasons played all 82 games. This year he played all 70. So um, health is not an issue either, apparently, or and we hope that it continues to be. I just – I don't know that you can make the – I don't think the Bruins have the capital. That's what I'm saying. Yes, unless you're going all beaches. in on heavy
0: draft picks, like you're going two first rounders, a second rounder, and then throwing in a body, mm-hmm. whether it's Caché or Bjork or someone else. Um, and I think that that's too much for Boston to pay, as far as organizational depth. Unless you're a hundred percent sure, and well, if you're unless you're north of eighty percent sure that he's going to like it here. And be able to take over one of the top two center spots for at least five years. I don't know that you can make the trade and pay that much or more.
1: And I think first-round
0: picks and second-round picks are going to be too valuable with um, with the lowered cap over the next two seasons, over the next two or three seasons.
1: Agreed. And I think that Cassidy is. And this is personal opinion. I think Cassidy is too in love with the current players that he has that I don't think he's going to be moving Krejci anywhere. So now you're either moving Pierre-Luc Dubois to a wing on Krejci in the second line, or you're mixing up that supposed um, Mm -hmm. uh, top line. I I can't use that word for the way they describe it.
0: I prefer to call them the 200-foot line and forget the other name exists.
1: But I, I mean, you're either breaking up that line and playing him on a wing, or you're putting him on a wing on Krejci's line. He's not—he's not a third-line center, and I wouldn't perceive to put him on the third line at uh, no. his talent level.
0: And realistically, that third line that is probably going to be Coyle, Smith and maybe Bjork this year.
1: And then there's Charlie, and then, yeah, and then there's Charlie. Coyle. I mean,
0: oh, I'm sorry, Coyle. Smith and Bjork. Um, I don't know where the Richies are going to fit in, if at all. Um,
1: they 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 primarily fit in well in Providence.
0: Uh, yeah, or in this case, it may actually <laughs> end up being the Taxi Squad. Um,
1: oh yeah, I forgot about the Taxi. They're, they're allowed what? So uh, four or six I or whatever Five
0: players, four to six players, something like that. Yeah. Um because the fourth line will almost certainly end up being uh, Corrali Lindholm and uh, your boy Anton Bleed. Anton. Uh,
1: I don't know. I am, I, I am however interested and in, not just in this particular article there is actually further down a headline. Go for it. Um, and I hadn't seen it because I hadn't thumbed through the whole article myself but uh, wild willing to trade matt dumba for a center really uh um, bill garen is is bill, bill garen really willing to trade away matt dumba
0: <laughs> I don't know that dumba has ever been happy in that city
1: and and if so is there some way we could make that deal work <laughs>
0: um so beecher and uh Sudnika for Dumba.
1: I mean, the only issue being that Matt Dumba is a right defenseman, and we really don't need more right defensemen. But uh, twenty-six years old, he is expensive. He's six million per.
0: So we flip uh, chalk stick Charlie for uh, for another left defenseman.
1: He is twenty. He is twenty-six years old. He's making six mil a year. Uh, He averages. Well, aside from the fact that he had fifty points a couple of seasons ago, but uh, the last couple of seasons he's only been in the mid the low to mid twenties in points. Uh, he only played in thirty two games in eighteen nineteen. Uh sixty-nine played in all the games last season, might have missed one. I'm not sure if they played sixty nine or seventy. Uh, twenty four points. I I think that it I think I think he's due for a change of scenery
0: wherever he lands and may it be soon because I don't, I don't know that Minnesota is where he is best for him. Um, I, I could see him in a lot of interesting places. Uh, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure who has a center that they could give up, uh, to make that work. Uh, Nashville being in that (coughs) central division, um,
1: yeah, but we know how Nashville loves their defense and and it's taken their defense of course taken a little bit of a hit over the years. So bringing um, in a 26-year-old of Matt Dumber's Matt Dumba's caliber. Um,
0: so which which center uh, ish player are you going to trade
1: from Nashville uh, at, or from the Bruins? From
0: Nashville. Um, play uh, guys listed as with center on their uh, for that for them are you know Ryan Johansson Matt Duchesne, Mikhail
1: Granlund, um, Eric Mikhail Hala, Granlund, Wait a minute. Didn't we get Mikhail, if I were Nashville, didn't we get Mikhail Granlund from Minnesota? <laughs> and Eric Hollow was also uh, out of, out of uh, there. I thought Eric Hollow was uh, Columbus.
0: No. Well, he did spend time in Columbus, but he played. I want to say Hollow was.
1: Holla. He was
0: elsewhere before
1: that. He, oh no, yeah. Was it first, first four first four seasons in Minnesota. Yes. Two years with Thank Vegas. You. Then he split I knew last year. done season. time
0: in the desert too, but I couldn't I remember thought, where else. I,
1: I thought he was Columbus. Don't ask me why. And I'm obviously thinking of somebody else with How Howler's the last name no, you're right. Four years in Minnesota. <laughs> um so you got Howler, you got Granlon. You're obviously not going to be moving at least I don't think Poyle and, – and and we're talking about David Poyle here. He could do – he could surprise the heck out of me. He's done it in the past. Because um, other than – outside of Johansson and Duchesne, I don't know that Granlin gets it done not by himself. That's for sure. I mean, for me – Considering I, they traded Granlin here.
0: For me, I want nothing to do with Matt Duchesne. I think he's a solid player. I don't think he's a playoff performer. Um, And you're going to need to add that to that mix.
1: The Wild need to worry about making the playoffs before they worry about whether they have a playoff performer.
0: Um, I mean, Colton Cisions is also listed as a center.
1: Yeah, but he um, plays primarily on the wing.
0: As is Nick Cousins, who
1: also plays. he
0: He was in Chicago for a while, wasn't he?
1: Uh, Flyers, Coyotes. Flyers. Last okay. year, last year with the Canadians and the Knights. Uh, never the, his first full season.
0: Yeah, he was drafted yes. by the Flyers, so you're right. Um,
1: first full season was with Coyotes. Actually, I mean, well, he played sixty games in 16-17, so that could have been his first quote unquote full season, but not a huge point producer. 97 points in 324 games. Uh, and if you're worried about playoff performer, he's got five assists in 23 playoff games. So not the playoff performer you're looking for if you're Minnesota, I guess. I just, I don't know. If they, if it has to be a center... Uh, I don't yeah. see much there. I don't see much there either, but... David Poyle is he's an outside the box thinker he, he'd somehow make it work
0: uh, I mean aside from the age issue
1: Dumba is 26 he's right there in the smack dab starting the beginning the starting his prime I just think he needs a change of change of scenery
0: oh uh yeah uh, I mean look at if you go, oh, if you go to the Kings and look at them, obviously Kopitar is a little too old to be interesting. Um, same with Jeff
1: Carter. Also expensive. I don't know where Minnesota lies.
0: I mean, Jeff Carter wouldn't be bad at five and uh, five and a quarter or so, but he's thirty six years old. Um, Andreas Athanasiou was literally just signed there. If they really wanted him that badly, they could have gotten him. Um, Blake Lazzotti or Lizette, and Gabriel Gallardi really not proven at the NHL level yet
1: no I like I like Lazzotti but no <clears> and they're, <throat> they're 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 at 2.7 under the cap so if, if you're getting rid of if you're getting rid of Dumba and his 6 million that gives you have the to, opportunity to bring in well it gives them the opportunity to bring in a, a fairly pricey center if somebody's willing to trade them as a, a decent center that's expensive they also have to fill one roster spot still so
0: I mean if you believe that he can be a difference maker mm-hmm. there with a useful defense behind him and a theoretically useful goal uh, goalie tandem, Maybe you look at you talk to the Ducks and you bring in um, Henrique and something for Dumba because a straight trade is not going to be a fit. Um, but Henrique plus, I I could see that happening.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: It wouldn't probably be my first choice, but uh, you have a guy like Adam Henrique, and you can put him uh, on the and ice in that in that number two slot.
1: Yeah, well, they're, they're supposedly going to try having Marcus Johansson as their number one center, so okay,
0: possibly you can put him in your number one slot. Then there you
1: go. <laughs> If you bring in Adam Henrique, Marcus Johansson's no longer your number one center.
0: (laughs) I should hope not. Um,
1: If Marcus Johansson is your number one center, you've got more issues than you know.
0: uh, And who else uh, is in the process of restructuring? I mean, I don't see... San Jose is such a mess of should have done something 10 years ago that
1: <laughs> I just don't know. Maybe they could find a way to trade um, Marlowe again. Could <laughs> <laughs> they convince Bill Guerin that that Marlowe is a is a good acquisition?
0: I mean, depending on how mean you want to get during the trade calls. Uh, um. I think it would be worth exploring a call with Edmonton. Um, the guys, uh, the two guys I would be targeting are not particularly young anymore. Uh, one of them is Kyle Turris, and the other one is, well, the other one is respectively the same age. Uh, at
1: Kyle Ryan Turris, Hopkins. the one that was in Nashville. Yes. And didn't really actually fit in Nashville. No.
0: He was not a fit there. I, I really can't hold his points totals there purely but, against him.
1: But if you put him up in Minnesota and put Fiala on his wing. Yeah. That's a that has potential. I'm not and saying it's a I'm not saying it's a good fit, I don't know for certain, but that, offensively, yeah, there is that line has potential. Stuff. I don't know if Edmonton wants to get rid of him. I think they're He's doing UFA their best at the to... end of this year. And they have
0: three other UFA forwards. Oh wait a minute, I'm looking at the wrong one. Um Edmonton, no, he is a UFA at the end of the year, but they also have Chaseon uh Anas uh Haas Nygaard as UFAs, Dominic Kuhin uh or why do I always mispronounce his name? Which one? Uh, Dominic Cuhan, uh, Cahan. C- I think
1: they actually pronounce it Cahun, but
0: Cahun. That's right. Um, the one who was at least in the fi- in the near neighborhood of um,
1: rookie of the year.
0: Rookie of the year discussions uh, not so very long ago. Uh, he's an RFA at the end of the year, and then you have uh, Yahara Kahari. Also an RFA at the end of the year. Uh, Both of those guys do have negotiation rights.
1: The defenseman?
0: No, those are for forwards who all have.
1: Yoki Hari?
0: No, it's not Yoki Hari. um, And then their blue line has three guys who are going to need contracts at the end of the year uh, who are going to be UFAs. Adam Larson is the one you probably have to worry about most. Um, Or Tyson Berry. Uh, You have the two of them there. Um, Barry has gotten not awful there. Um, and then Slater, uh, Cuckoo. Uh-huh. Um, so adding Matt, adding Darnell Matt Dumba and, to this, to Darnell this Nurse
1: and Matt Dumba on the same team. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you have Ethan Bear up there now.
1: I like Ethan Bear.
0: If that's your top four in Edmonton on your defense, Uh, admittedly, no. Let's see. Ethan Bear is a right defenseman.
1: Yeah, so is Dumba.
0: Uh, so is Dumba.
1: So is Larson.
0: Um, Darnell Nurse is the only left defenseman there, but uh, I think they'd work something out, or they'd move Larson out uh, uh, ahead of his uh, UFA or hitting UFA status. Yeah, but that's still. Oh, you're that's talking
1: still about pull your Okay.
0: No, uh, Puliyarv RV doesn't have a the guy above him.
1: Oh, Jujar Kaira.
0: Or is that the one who's pronounced Korea?
1: No, I think I it's Kaira. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to Google. I'd have to look it up. It yeah. I want to say it's pronounced Kaira, but OK. Kaira, something like that.
0: Hopefully um, I'll get to watch enough Edmonton games this year exactly. to actually find out
1: exactly but
0: edmonton could actually be a good landing spot yeah and no i can't picture him landing in boston or in or in the rangers or buffalo <sighs> no the really? only way the only way he's going to buffalo uh, is if a certain disgruntled Chelmsford son
1: is the Tracy's. He's. he's not going anywhere.
0: Uh, I mean, obviously he, he comes put, up in it, trade. It rumors. would have
1: to be, I know, but it would have to be somebody ooh, excuse me. It would have to be like, uh, I don't even know if they, they just resigned Gergensen.
0: I mean, seriously, their not. number two center is Eric Stahl. He's probably not going to be traded back there. And at 36 years old stall for Dumba, is one of those uh, defense trade, <laughs> not merely fire offenses. I'm thinking Sam Reinhart. <laughs> he's,
1: uh, an R- he's an RFA. He's 25 years old. I don't even think he plays that. I think they play him more on the wing, but I could be wrong. I mean,
0: you might as well just make that trade for Curtis Lazar and make the uh, <laughs> and say, well, we needed to get the team younger and plus less expensive.
1: Outside of the fact that you spent nineteen million, no, oh, wait a minute. Okay, Taylor Hall's got a one-year deal. Okay, they need to. First, Buffalo needs to find a way to get Kyle Okposo off this roster.
0: Kyle Okposo is far from the worst thing on that roster, and with a uh, a modified no-trade clause. A year. With a modified no-trade clause, there are other things that you're going to be adre- able to address
1: a lot more easily. And I didn't mean to digress. I, just, I, was, I was trying to think outside the box as far as where. Because, no, I don't think Dumbo would come here to Boston. I don't think there's a.
0: There's, well, as much as he would be <coughs> happily welcomed.
1: Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. He, he, I mean, but he's a right side defenseman. And we all know that since Don Sweeney wouldn't spend the money to get another right side defenseman who was a free agent, knowing that he was losing a left side defenseman. Uh, who was a free agent, in other words, he was losing Krug and wouldn't spend the money to bring in Petrangelo, why would you suddenly turn around and make a deal for another right-side defenseman? I mean, it, it, seriously.
0: Um, another interesting place uh, that might – I don't know if they if they have the capital to make it work – um is of course
1: the flyers well they did lose niskanen to retirement uh they got a lot of offensive defensemen down there and and dumba is kind of an offensive defenseman of it on his in his own right but
0: but that's the style they're going to play under our favorite coach eva
1: <laughs> eva okay fair enough okay <laughs> You know, we still haven't actually covered the big story, and it's because uh, here in Boston it is a big story, even if you don't want to. Speaking of defensemen and left side, right side, was uh, Dano Chara?
0: Has left the building. Uh,
1: yeah, okay, this was uh, – maybe I, I did make the comment that he appeared to be slow in the pretend-offs. And he is 42, 43 years old. But when you lost Tory Krug and you're looking at a defense core that includes, uh, Kevin Miller, who hasn't played in two years, Jakob Zaboro who you gave a one way contract to, but has never cracked the NHL lineup. Erho Wakanainen, who's been out injured more than he's been in the lineup, uh, your your number one defense pairing is looking to be Grizzlick and Carlo, and then you have. And the worst part
0: yeah. about that, though, is that they really haven't played extensively together. No. So even there, you're having
1: adjustment issues. I mean, do um, you suddenly, do you suddenly regurgitate days of yore with? Uh, and, and no, I'm not talking about our friends on Twitter, but do you suddenly regurgitate days of yore with? Uh, McAvoy and Grizzly playing together, like they did in you might, at BU. You might
0: you might end up seeing that. Uh, I mean, they played together since.
1: They they've been paired up, but I don't. It's not something not that. It's not something Cassidy does on a regular basis. It's not like they're. They, they have been paired up, yes, but.
0: Just I mean, it, just for the giggles, if you call that if you call McAvoy and Grizzly your.
1: Non-bottom
0: defense pair.
1: Okay. <laughs> Good call.
0: <laughs> um, and you call Carlo and Lausanne playing on his offside your other non-bottom defense pairing.
1: Because um, your bottom defense pairing is what? John Moore and Kevin Miller?
0: Or John Moore and Connor Clifton. or Connor oh, yeah. Clifton
1: and about Clippy? Okay. So we need to fit in Clippy, too. Okay.
0: Or Clifton and... Uh, and Miller, uh, but
1: wow, yeah, exactly. Wow, <laughs> I
0: what mean, the Jack. Hell? The the thing is, is people aren't don't want to hear it, but in pure excitement, wise on for the blue line right now. I genuinely think that there are two spots open on the left side. Maybe three. If once you start adding in the co- the uh, taxi squad, mm-hmm. you could legitimately see them go with right side guys only playing on the right side. Only Grizzly with NHL, exp- really with NHL experience on the left side. Um, because let's face it, Grizzly was losing. I, I mean, John Moore was losing out to everyone else uh, for ice time last year, including perennial seventh defenseman, uh, Steve camper. Yeah. And honestly, Steve camper looked really good a couple of times, like certainly more like a fourth defenseman than a seventh defenseman. Um, I wouldn't necessarily, I, I'm not going to say I would play him on my top pairing or anything like that, but he looked more like a, a veteran NHL defenseman than, uh, a guy who gets very familiar with the uh, with the food service at every arena in the league.
1: I mean, does Nick Wolf get a serious look? I think all of them do. He's a left. He's the left defenseman, and he's currently Nick, playing in the Slovak Extraliga. 18 games, he's got five points,
0: which is 45. solid for him. And he's got one of those things that almost everyone else that we're going to talk about briefly lacks.
1: He's got uh, size. size. Yeah. He's as big as Brandon Carlo.
0: <laughs> Look, all of us, all of us really, really, really like Cliff, uh, Cliff uh, Connor Clifton. But he's not a big boy. He plays as it, aggressively yeah. as anyone could like. Yeah. But on the and other I, hand, I, I Nick like Wolf. Clippy. Legitimate
1: I think 6'5. I think it's a good one. wolf Yeah. <laughs>
0: I have liked everything I've seen from him, including the progression, uh, across a couple of Bruins' uh, development camps. Um, is he going to contribute, is he going to single-handedly uh, collect uh, Tory Krug's offense? Of course not. But there's no one else in the system who is either.
1: Wait, 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 I got something for you. You brought it up really quick with... With with Pierre-Luc Dubois and how his scoring percentage in the playoffs is better than his regular season. Correct. Connor, Connor Clifton, 50, 50 regular season games, three total points, 26 playoff games, eight points. That's actually Half the number of that. games, more than twice the number of points.
0: Uh, that's actually pretty fascinating. Uh, Although in that first two playoff runs, he was actually played more consistently than he ever got in the in the regular season. Thank you to a certain head coach who shall remain nameless.
1: 1819. He played he played 18 playoff games and only 19 regular season games. I mean, that's the year he came onto the team. But but Nick Wolf, I I could certainly
0: see him uh, hanging around.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, can I don't see why they signed him as an unrestricted uh, or undrafted free agent. I don't I mean, know that
0: he will actually crack the lineup, but I would love it if he did. We've talked on and off about Jacob Zaboral and him being him being one of those three picks in a row that Boston had where they should have done something useful with two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's as far as we're going to go. Um, he's a left defenseman. Yes, defensemen have traditionally taken longer. To develop. So and at this point, he's still only 23. I'm not ready to say that he's the worst defenseman they've ever drafted because, well, he's not. Um,
1: (laughs) No, Axel Anderson is. And we managed to deal him (laughs) him off, too. So,
0: oh, no, there's still a couple of worse ones that we could talk about if we wanted to. (laughs) Uh, That's another
1: show. (laughs) Jackie can. Jack Akin, yeah. Uh, He's a smallish. Akin, he's smallish, though. Yes, but that's
0: what they've been playing lately. Um, 23 years old, so hopefully less maturity issues. Um, Four years at St. Cloud State. Mm -hmm. Um, He is playing currently in the ECHL. Uh, He's gotten into two games. Um, He's a left defenseman. He's... mm, Right. He's not my. necessarily offensively gifted, but he's certainly not terrible.
1: My um, advice to my advice to the five eight one hundred eighty five pound defenseman in the ECHL: watch your back and your head.
0: <laughs> well, realistically, if he actually made it through four years of college at Saint Cloud <laughs> State, which is a pretty good hockey school, yes. he can probably skate out eighty eight percent of the of the ECHL.
1: Having having seen an ECHL game. Watch your head. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And then there's the guy who sort of has become overlooked uh, since he was drafted, having suffered, uh, wasn't it a really, really bad concussion uh, on his first trip up to Boston? Uh, Erho Bakunainen.
1: I think they're looking for him to actually come up and and fill the spot. I I know that they gave Zaboro a a one-way contract, but... I think they're still looking at Erho as being uh, a part of the future on the blue line. Yeah. But, yeah, he did suffer something. I thought it was a concussion. He suffered something that, that basically kept him away from the game for a bit.
0: Because, uh, I mean, they brought him up in the 18-19 season just a year after he was drafted. He was their 18th pick overall in the 2017 draft uh, or, the, or the 18th pick overall in that draft um boston's only first i believe that year and we've heard about we heard about this guy for two and a half solid years how he was the next guy he's going to be on the roster nope don't even talk about anyone else it's going to be him
1: the the issue behind all of this though is the fact that this is the problem that don sweeney has created for himself by not yes by not getting ahead of it with crew by not it if char is to be believed and don sweeney hasn't really refuted it but char is saying that they they told him he wasn't go- they were going to try and play the youngsters and that he wasn't going to be filling a regular role uh yeah well he wants to play i don't and he's 43 years old the guy has clearly shown that he can still play like I said, I, he looked a little slower. I'm not saying that he's, you know, 33-year-old Chara. He's 43-year-old no. Chara, but he wants to play. He still expects to play in the lineup every night. He didn't say he had to be top pairing, no. but he does expect to play every night.
0: And if you realistically, if you looked at Zdeno Chara's performance from last year and said to yourself, he can't play any more than 14 minutes a night, just stop evaluating hockey or at least stop telling other people what you think. Um, would I play would I would it be my desire to play him 26 minutes a night? No. 24 minutes a night probably still no. Somewhere around 20 minutes, 21 minutes, I think that's the sweet spot at this point in Chara's career. You give him the PK time. You make sure that he gets
1: a he was still top P, he was still top PK minute in, in, in top on the team in PK minutes yep as he should have been. <laughs> I mean I mean
0: other guys were stepping up I mean you saw you saw even saw Tory crew getting some penalty kill time uh, but between injuries to other players uh, and
1: <clears throat> lack of aptitude um, I, think the, I think the penalty kill has uh, become Quite suspect at this point in time. Yes, they still have Bergeron. Yes, they still have Marchand. Um, um, but you don't have Krug. You don't, and Krug didn't play a lot of penalty kill time. But he played a no, little bit. No, it's not as far as you've got. No Chara. Who who's killing your penalties? Is it going to be Al You lost
0: Nordstrom. Um, it, you're going to see Connor Clifton if he makes the team, which he should. Um, you'll see Kevin Miller if he makes the team, which is an if, which is iffy. Um, up front, you've got, I think you may see Krejci return to the penalty kill, um, even though you do have, you know, well, what we're doing, while we're, while we're naming names that, uh, why don't we run through the training camp roster? Uh, I've got it okay. up in front of me. This is the official training camp roster. Uh, you can find it on the Bruins website and elsewhere. Uh, Bergeron Bjork, Bleed. Paul Carey, uh, Charlie Coyle, Jake DeBrusque, Matt Philippe, Trent Frederick, Cameron Hughes, Andre Kasha, uh, Kulman, Kuhlman, Correlli, uh Robert Lantosi, Lindholm, uh, Marshand, McKegg, Pasternak, Nick Ritchie, Zach Seneshan, Craig Smith, Oscar Seen, uh, Jack Stadnika, and Chris Wagner. <sighs> Let's just knock out the obvious names that are not going to be playing for Boston this year. We can say confidently that Paul Carey will not get a single NHL sip this year. <laughs> I was wondering if that was going to come up. We can say reasonably confidently that if Robert he doesn't have like 12 goals in the preseason, he's probably not seeing NHL ice time this year. Okay. Uh, Greg McKegg. Eh, I don't know Oscar Steen. I would love to see him. I think his best hope is probably taxi squad Mm -hmm. um, or playing in the AHL on the top line. Beyond that, we know that David Pasternak will probably be out until February or even longer, depending on how long it takes him to recover. Um, Brad Marshand is supposed to,
1: he's supposed to, he said, he said he was going to be coming to training camp.
0: Yes, and given the when it started, or when it's starting uh, tomorrow, um, that's not that surprising based on his, uh, his treatments and recovery period. Uh, <clears throat> guys who are in that, guys who are going to be there specifically to fill roles if they make the team at all, Trent Frederick, Cameron Hughes, Anton Bleed, and... Um, either Richie <laughs> um, and that's about and maybe Jack Studnicka.
1: So there's no possibility of trading the Richie brothers. OK. Uh,
0: well, we you know, maybe we can trade the two of them for Matt Dumba. I mean, that should work straight up, Wait. right?
1: Wait, they didn't invite the second Richie to camp. Oh, my goodness.
0: Um, I thought uh, only Nick where's the
1: brother? Where's the brother? Did we get rid of him or is he just not good enough. Clearly.
0: Wait a minute. Uh, we, we uh, it was I believe it was the other Richie that was making all of these stupid penalties in the playoffs last year. That's probably enough reason for him not to be invited.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, looking at the defensemen, uh, well, I mean goaltender. It's obvious that it's goaltending. Going to be Goaltending almost doesn't need discussion, but yeah, the, well, it doesn't need discussion. I'm just thinking in terms of I'm more thinking in terms of who is the who is the taxi squad goaltender, because one of the, one of your members um, almost has to be one of your members on taxi squad has to be a, a goaltender.
0: Oh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty much going to be.
1: Um, is it going to be Bladar for sure? Uh,
0: it's going to be Bladar. uh I think that the only person you're really ruling out is Swayman, who just left college.
1: Um, You want to see him get as much playing time as possible, so you're going to leave him down in the minors?
0: Yes. Him or... the taxi
1: squad player doesn't actually... He's not actually going to be... No. If if I remember the description, he's not going to be playing...
0: Not eligible for AHL games, as far as I know. It's basically a short squad for... Or the ready call-up for... Or Boston. Uh for defensemen. Somebody. I I think we've mentioned almost all of them. Or yeah, we've mentioned all of them really, but we mentioned a bit for the official.
1: Best, yeah, we're good.
0: Ahan, Carlo, <laughs> Clifton, Grizzlick, Camper, Lozon, McAvoy, Miller, Moore, Vacadin, Wolf, and Zaboral. Um and hey, pick six. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. I mean, based on what we've seen in the past, we have seen Connor Clifton play his offside. We have seen Kevin Miller play his offside. We've seen John Moore take the ice on his offside, possibly intentionally. Um, but the rest, we don't know.
1: Oh, my goodness. I, I just – it's not – I mean, it's not a re- it's not a typical season. This isn't a typical. No. I, 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 we're going to do it by committee. That absolutely just bores me with this whole Terrifying. how we're going to, how we going to replace Chara thing. And and it's not just Chara that you have to replace, though. It, it, it's Chara. It's Krug. Krug's power play minutes. Uh, Chara's penalty kill minutes. I mean, are you kidding me? I don't understand. Sweeney's thought process here and the more he explains it the more uh, the more you want to run becomes. away or
0: beat someone's head against the wall
1: <laughs> yeah because I just don't understand it and you and I have said it you know how is he still the, the general manager I, I know honestly, I know I've I said it anyway I mean
0: I've said it almost every week here, yeah, but I genuinely believe that there are probably three to five general managers right now who have gotten a bonus season or more out of uh the pandemic
1: okay
0: i no one okay. a, a lot of these owners are not going to want to pay someone to not be general manager. And someone to be general manager while there's so li- while revenue is so reduced.
1: That I understand. Yes. So he gets he gets bonus time in that in the front office until the money starts rolling in again.
0: Yes. So theoretically, we could see after this season before the before the uh, expansion draft a uh, change at the helm okay, or possibly,
1: you know, a presence at the helm. I mean, the fact I think the other part of the reason they keep the, the Bruins do keep making the playoffs and they keep having semi deep run. I mean, semi deep runs. It's getting over that hump. And yeah. at what point who do you, who do you blame at what point for what's happening? Is it Cassidy can't get them over the hump? Or is it Sweeney's not getting them the right talent to get over the hump? I mean, they're making, they're, they're getting into the second round. They're just not getting into semifinal and final. And they did a couple what, two years ago against St. Louis. Okay. So I I, I think the deep runs are what's, giving the Bruins pause as far as changing in that front office. If, the, if something more drastic were to happen, if the Bruins were to miss the playoffs, I think that might spur a change. But the fact that they keep making it, even with what they have on the roster, it, it almost makes him look good. It makes him look like he's on the right path. And I don't know that that's the case. Uh, I mean, have we covered everything this week? We've covered a lot. Oh, by, uh, the way, it pop, by the way, it popped up while, and it's amazing, things pop up during shows. Apparently, Pittsburgh is loaded with cash because they just gave John Marino $4.4 million a year. Uh, Brockton, Massachusetts native, played at Harvard University. Uh I think he's like 22 years old. Just finished. Uh, I think he's got one more year this season on his entry level, and then he got two or three year contract, 4.4 million per. Seems a bit much for John Marino, but
0: um, given that, uh, given how much trouble many people would have <laughs> naming what John Marino does for the team, or the fact that he's on the team. Um, yeah, that, that could be an issue. Uh, so next week, uh, we, will, we will put in our playoff picks for, yes. for all four divisions. Um, uh, we will be prepping uh, for that uh, those fantasy drafts. Um, you can hit me up at PuckSage on Twitter, and I will get you uh, an invite to the leagues. Or league. Um, Let me know if you're up for one league, two leagues, Roto or head-to-head and then um, we'll cover uh, anything else. Uh, Look for us on Twitter and don't forget the World Juniors are still going on. Uh, You should be watching. It's been we're now into the semifinals and finals and it's going to be very high quality hockey.
1: Chris? Uh. Keep an eye on Trevor Zegers, uh of the U.S. national team. Somebody who uh, is a playmaker by nature and by his own mission has stormed to the top of the scoring list for the entire World Juniors. Enjoy the hockey. And in a week and a half, we're going to have the NHL back in play. Hockey is coming. That's the rumor.
0: I can't wait. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for
1: listening. Uh, Until next week, you can find us on Twitter. Take care.